welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, and welcome to episode uh, 28 of the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so excited to be here with you. Uh, it sounds a little extra echoey up here in the little weirdo closet where I <laughs> record. So for those of you who watch on uh, YouTube, you can see that, you know, the background only looks a tiny bit different. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to paint this fucker or not. Like, I it literally just am like, just hang up some pictures. It'll be fine. <laughs> so I'm doing a little simplifying here at my house. I'm changing things around so the background's a little different. I also moved some things so I can now hear, it sounds a little bit echoey. So I apologize if the sound quality isn't as good as it normally is, but I'm on it and I will fix it off uh, next time. Um, so you guys, here's, here's what I want to talk about today. Uh, I'm getting ready to head out to the gym with my sweetie, Chris Lesta. <laughs> oh, so lucky I get to hang out with him a lot. All right. So we're going to be heading to the gym. So this is going to be um, a quick one. And you know, sometimes I want to be really verbose and I want to talk a lot. And uh, sometimes I want to just get right to the heartbeat of a thing. I want to get right to the point. I want to talk about something that is, um, you know, bubbling up to the surface or is on my mind or an aha that I had recently or something I'm excited about or whatever. So, you know, being a kid, you know, um, being a kid from Lawrence, Massachusetts, uh, being, a, being a little bit of a mass hole, you know, there's sort of this quality sort of this quality to blue collar kids that I see, which there are some really beautiful qualities, which we tend to be loyal. We tend to be, um, we tend to be dedicated and committed to things. We tend to be very hard working. Like there's a really lot of beautiful qualities that come from, I'm very proud of that come from um, my childhood, my past, where my geographically, like where I grew up, like how new England kids tend to often, not always obviously turn out. Um, so there's also another quality that I see about this and it can be glorified and romanticized. And I still do on some level to myself, this, this, this kind of feeling of, I will not back down. I will not retreat, <laughs> right? I will not retreat. Like I'm not going, like I'm going down swinging. I'm going down fighting. And so I think that we have sometimes associated the word retreat right? With weakness. And it's so fascinating. So I just looked up. So I want to talk about, I guess, the, the importance of uh, and the power of retreat and when it actually makes really good sense. And perhaps we can kind of look at this, this point of view a little bit differently. Okay. So Merriam-Webster, uh, the dictionary defines retreat um, like this. It's the act or process of withdrawing, especially from what is difficult, dangerous, or disagreeable. Um, in military terms, it's usually the forced withdrawal of troops from an enemy or from an advanced position, 
Uh, it's also the process of receding from a position or state that you've attained. Um, it's also, I guess, a signal. I did not know this one. I learned something new every day. A signal given by a bugle at the beginning of a military flag lowering ceremony. I didn't know that's what it was called. It must be the bugle retreat. But here are the ones that I really love about retreat. And this is what we're going to kind of focus on today. I want to kind of switch our mind from thinking about retreating and drawing back as a place of weakness. And I want to talk about how it's actually a wicked smart thing to do sometimes <laughs> and, and how it's actually part of your arsenal of tools of strength. Okay. So listen to this. Um, retreat also a place of privacy or safety, a refuge. I love that one. And then listen to this, a period of group withdrawal for prayer, meditation, study, or instruction. This one gets me wicked excited because I've gone on so many retreats in my life. It's like ridiculous, <laughs> right? Sometimes you can have a stay at home retreat where you kind of just like shut off your phone and you go within, you kind of retreat. So in yoga, we would call this like pratyahara, which means withdrawal of the senses. It's like when we just go in with. So sometimes there are very private retreats where we draw back into ourselves for a higher purpose, whether it's for healing, whether it's a great big pause to get perspective, whether it's to have downtime um, so that you have extra energy for creative project. So instead of looking at this concept of retreating and drawing back as coming from a place of, well, you knew you were going to lose, you're weak, you can't, like their, their defense or their um, offense is too strong. Like, I think we sometimes think about this concept of, of retreating and drawing back like we've somehow lost. And for me, taking time to retreat uh, is it, it like, like a way to like back up and get quiet. This is such a powerful thing to actually do. It's a wicked smart thing to do. It's a way to get your bearings. It's a way to reset and realign with yourself, your truth, your, 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 your um, core values and your purpose. It's a way to get more deeply connected to God, source, love, yourself, creativity, etc. So um, I've been on so many retreats in my life and I think I used to look at them like, I don't want to go away with a bunch of people that I don't know and sit around in some fucking kind of kumbaya circle and talk about my feelings. But I had this idea of what I thought to retreat meant, to go on retreat. It's like, what is that? And so either you think it's like, oh my God, it's going to be some crazy Jesus camp, or they're going to try and brainwash me or convert me or whatever. It wasn't until I got a little smarter, a little more uh, educated, <laughs> a little more aware. I was like, no, 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 no. Going on retreat sometimes is amazing because you get to meet your people, you get to meet new people, you get to learn shit, you get to let go of stuff, you get to find out where your strengths are, you get to find out what you really like because you step out of your normal day-to-day -day living, you get out of your fucking habits and your habitual thinking and speaking and behavior, you get away from the people you're always around and it's like you get to just be by yourself but sometimes you also get to be by yourself in a group of people and what i mean by that is you'll have moments where you get to collectively come together to share thoughts to discuss things to have engaging conversations to listen and to learn and to also 
get new perspectives. Like this was a huge thing for me. I often say this, like if, if my mother like hadn't died, I was just telling somebody this the other day. Um, I was talking to, who was I talking to? Man, I can't remember, but I was talking to somebody and I was saying, um, you know, oh, I do know who I was talking to, I, one of my clients. And I was saying that if, if, I, if my mom hadn't died, I don't know if I ever would have left Lawrence. I don't know if I actually would have went to college in Boston. If my mother hadn't died, not only do I not think I would have went to Boston, I don't know if I would have moved out to California, out to LA, because I was so attached to my mother, right? I don't think I ever would have gone and put myself in super new situations or around super new thought systems and people. I do not think, I don't know, man, if I would have ended up being a yoga teacher and a spiritual mentor, I think I would have always written um, because words and books were like always so near and dear to me. I just don't know if I'd be doing it kind of at the capacity that I'm doing it now. Um, and so I guess what I'm saying is um, I, I feel so blessed that I've been able to always have some sort of connection to this inner voice on some level. Look, I wasn't always listening to it because God knows I've done some dumb shit in my life. However, in the times that I've gotten quiet enough to actually hear my spiritual team, to actually receive the wisdom of knowledge from the part of my mind that's always in communion with the divine, um, it's given me some pretty good advice. And I remember, particularly, so not only just like going away and getting in a new environment, that really opened up my mind to, to look at the world differently, to maybe pick up some different books that I might not have, to, to meet some spiritual teachers that I might not have, you know what I mean? Like going to California and, and at, the, you know, at the height of like the self-help movement when like Deepak Chopra and Oprah and Marianne Williamson and Anne Lamott and like Ayanla Van Zandt and... Um, Wayne Dyer and like Eckhart Tolle. So all these people, Tony Robbins, like everything was just like blowing up in LA when I got there. And thank God, like what a gift to kind of be at like the Mecca of the movement. You know what I mean? Uh, where the yoga like really took a strong foothold, you know, in California and all that stuff. So, but if I hadn't retreated, if I hadn't drawn back, listen to this, if I haven't drawn back from what was difficult, dangerous, or disagreeable, sometimes we have to leave situations and it's not a sign of weakness, it's actually a sign of smarts. Like a wounded animal will go into the den, into the cave, right? To, to give itself heal, it will retreat, right? When it's wounded, so it can lick its wound and heal its wounds and come back stronger than before. You see it in professional athletes when they take time. I was just watching last night, um, what is it? The, um, on the Oakland Raiders, you know, the scene, the show where they go behind the scenes, like a season with, oh my God, why can't I think of it? But you guys know what I'm saying. You NFL fans know what I'm talking about. Cause I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated of the process of watching people have to go through the, I mean, it, it, it always hurts. Like when they get to the pots where they're cutting the team from 90 to 53, that shit's brutal. That like always is a little ouchy for me and I don't like it, but I'm fascinated like kind of watching people go through this process and seeing these um, world-class athletes who have injuries and they have to retreat for a little while, right? They can't show up at training camp. Oh, maybe it's like training camp. That's what it is with the Oakland <laughs> And so I'm always kind of fascinated about how people are, um, finding ways to, it's not even necessarily bettering themselves, you guys. It's more about becoming, more truly becoming 
themselves and who they really are. And I think sometimes in our day-to-day lives, when we're just going through the motions, we're just like, you ever just have that moment when you're like, fuck, it just feels like my life has become Groundhog Day. I get up, I do the same shit, I wait for the weekend. Like, I don't, I, thank God, I'm not in a regular kind of routine exactly like that. Like, I do have some days when I feel like all I'm doing is like feeding animals and feeding myself. And I'm just like, I'm going to the gym and I'm like, okay, enough of this, right? So look, there just comes, I think, times in our lives when either stuff becomes difficult, dangerous, or disagreeable, and we have to kind of step back. We have to retreat or go on retreat. And the reason why I'm talking about this is I've gone on many retreats. I remember when I did my um, yoga teacher training back in like, oh my God, you guys, so long ago, like 2001, like 18, 19, almost 19 years ago, um, I went and I lived at Kripalu and Kripalu is one of the largest yoga centers in the world. And I went and I lived there for um, a month straight. And I pulled myself, talk about getting out of my normal routine. Like I totally went to this place. And at the time I wasn't like vegan or anything. So uh, when I showed up, I was still, you know, occasionally eating meat and doing that whole thing. So here I am thrown into this total like 24 seven, eat, drink, sleep yoga, uh, vegetarian like menu, getting up at 5.30 when I'm a night owl. It was like being thrown into this, like, I was just like, what is happening right now? You guys, going on that month-long quote-unquote retreat, that training, right, a period of withdrawal from meditation, study, or instruction, right, that changed my life. Being able to get away from my boyfriend at the time, the responsibility of caring for animals, which, look, I, I will take that responsibility, I'm just saying, of having nothing to think about but my own development, my own growth, the shit I wanted to let go of, the stuff I wanted to keep, really getting clear about who I was, what I wanted, and who I belonged to. Dude, there was like, that was one of the most powerful things, and I've been lucky enough to be able to do it throughout the years. You know, I didn't always have the money, so whether I had to do it through work study or I would volunteer to be the body person, like I would be the yoga teacher for a retreat or event, or I would be the Thai yoga massage person who would come in and do body work on people. Um, I've always tried to find ways when I didn't have the money, I would find out if there was a work study, if there was a way for me to be able to um, receive the instruction that I was feeling called to because I knew I had healing work to do. And so twice a year, I offer my own retreats. Uh, Well, actually more than that, sometimes three or four times a year, but my three-day retreats that I personally put on here in New Hampshire, I do those twice a year. And I have one coming up in November, and I've been inviting people into it because now more than ever, you guys, I am just sensing (sighs) such a need for people to slow the fuck down, learn how to pause, So they have an opportunity to actually reflect and figure out what they actually feel, what they actually think, what they actually believe, so they can start to see the stories they've told themselves, the stories that they've written, the meaning that they've assigned to things that have kept them stuck in a pattern of scarcity, smallness, separation, sickness, feeling sinful, all these different things of the ego. Being able to create a safe place for like a weekend immersion where people can just step out of their lives. And for the people of like New Hampshire, Massachusetts, whatever, the New England people, 
it's close enough that God forbid anything happened, you could still get home. You didn't have to get on a plane or anything like that. Although I do have people who have flown in from as far away as like California and stuff like that. But a chance to give people um, a time to retreat, to go on retreat and withdraw from the day-to-day -day life so that they can have a shift in perspective, so they can maybe learn to let go of their stories and rewrite their stories, what I call your story to your glory, right? To transform ourselves. And it's not so much, and I know I use the word becoming, like fully becoming yourself. It's less about like, oh, I have to become this thing. It's more about doing the work of putting your fucking dukes down, of withdrawing from feeling like you have something to attack, defend, or prove. It's an opportunity to spend three days getting wicked honest <laughs> with yourself, but to do it in a really safe place with other people who are like-minded and with other people who are there to do the same kind of work as you. And you guys, in A Course in Miracles, we said this, when an idea is shared, it grows stronger. When two or more are gathered for healing, I am there, God is there, love is there. So we come together with an opportunity for people to just kind of set down their defenses set down their need to prove anything, to pretend to perform. Like I always laugh because my retreats, there's no like, I'm like, people like, what should I bring? I'm like, um, some clothes to keep warm, right? <laughs> some money if you want to pay for meals and buy shit, you know? Um, but really it's like, um, bring a journal, a pen, your water bottle, uh, your yoga mat, because we do have movement and my sweetie, uh, Chris Lester comes in and does a, fantastic live music. So he and I collaborate. We do a live music and yoga class together, which is amazing. So you're getting to like, so it's like very simple. It's not super fancy. It's like, don't, you don't need to wear makeup. You don't need to fucking, you don't have to put on airs. This isn't about being seen. This is what this is, is about you getting really fucking true and honest with yourself about what's not working in your life. The things and the people maybe that you still need to forgive. So, you know, this retreat, the fearless flow retreat, it's about learning how to live in the fearless flow. And when you come to the retreat, you start to understand what I mean about the fearless flow, what it means to actually live in a flow. So rather than always feeling like you're bumping up against yourself, you're bumping up against your circumstances, like feeling constricted, feeling like you're stuck, feeling like there's always tension or contraction, right? Conflict, that's the word I'm looking for. So you learn how to live in a flow. To be in the flow means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I always say, come to the retreat to find out, like firsthand experience what I mean by that, to live in the fearless flow. Because it is a way of moving through the world in creativity and curiosity and connection to the divine. Whatever the God of your own understanding is, right? Whatever your truth is. And it's a way to set down some baggage that like you've been carrying around. And I remember somebody once saying to me on retreat, <laughs> not surprising at all. I remember somebody once said to me, and this is when I was still in my twenties and I was in the thick of doing like a lot of my first initial deep spiritual work. And they said, when are you ever going to set your poor dead mother's body down? Aren't you tired of dragging her around behind you? And it was like, like, whoa, like legit, they are calling me out on this 
this um, practice I had of being a professional victim. It's like, oh, I could insert my unhappiness here for something in my 20s for something that happened when I was 12. Because, you know, society often rewards, our culture's a little screwed up, you guys, in case you haven't noticed, and it kind of rewards our um, perception of ourselves as being broken, as being wounded, as being a mess. And it was so powerful to have people that I respected and that I trusted, I admired, to look me in the eye and to get me to question what I had been doing. And it wouldn't have happened in my own normal day-to-day -day environment because there it was about surviving. It was about being tough. It was about having my boots up. It was about proving I didn't need anybody, right? So it was like, wow, I had to really step out into a place where I felt safe enough to lower my God, to allow myself to be seen, to allow myself to be vulnerable so that I could actually get down to the business of healing, of forgiving, of surrendering, having to be right. You know, so of course in miracles asks a beautiful and powerful question of, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? For many, many years, I wanted to be right all the time. I had to be right because in my mind, if I was wrong, if I was wrong or something was quote unquote wrong with me, if I wasn't perfect, hello, total setup for people pleasing addiction, right? Um, if I was wrong, it meant I was unlovable. And then I hit a phase of a little bit of evolution and elevation where I thought, well, can I be right and happy? <laughs> I wanted it all, I wanted it both. And then I decided like, oh, nothing matters more to me now than my own inner peace and happiness. And I came to understand from being a longtime student of A Course in Miracles, which requires me to retreat, retreat on the daily into a quiet space to contemplate, right, and to reflect on the lesson of the day. Um, it, it required me to kind of to think about like, well, if I want to be right and I insist on being right all the time, then it means that my brothers and sisters out there like have to be wrong. And that kind of felt like getting punched in the gut, like, oh, that means I have to make all these people I love wrong if I insist on being right. And then it occurred to me, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. But then I realized, well, I don't really know how to not insist on being right. And I started to understand that forgiveness was the key to happiness. Forgiveness was the key to my happiness. And I kind of realized I also came from a world where I was never taught to actually forgive. Like I came from the world of an eye for an eye, right? So being able to go into places of retreat, to go to a fearless flow retreat or to go to a yoga retreat, right? Or to go to some sort of spiritual retreat or go to a, um, a workshop with Marianne Williamson where we were going to retreat into the sanctity of a quiet, safe space and get down to the business about talking about some shit and, and getting real with ourselves. But if you're in a place right now where you, I always say to people, if you are not in this, oh, let me be clear, let me say this. It's not about walking around like a creepy smiling person all the time. Right? It's not like you just walk around like namaste and like you're always smirking because you're so happy. It's not about that. It's not false happiness. It's not about putting on a show. But internally, if you are not feeling pretty consistently dialed in, connected, 
if you're not feeling calm and you're not feeling confident and you're not feeling just be happy and at peace. Houston, we have a problem like danger, Will Robinson. Let's check this shit out. And it's sometimes like, you know, Einstein has that quote. I always butcher it, but it's something like, you know, a problem cannot be solved on the same level of thinking that created the problem in the first place. We have to transcend the problem and tap into a different realm of thinking. We also have to go more deeply. We live in a world that is obsessed with the horizontal long view. It's very shallow. Hello, social media platforms and what everybody's putting out there for everybody to see, right? We, we love the shallow actually. But this kind of work, going on retreat, allows you to take the vertical position, right? The intersection between the heavenly realm and the humane, the human realm. That intersection where I always say, it intersects, I believe, in the mind and in the heart, right? But we need to be able to go to a quiet place. And the retreats that I do, you guys, I always say it's like three days of no bullshit, but also a total blast. And we get the work, like I keep it intimate. Like it's not some huge retreat. Like it's usually like literally anywhere from like 15 to, to 30 people. It's pretty small and tight. And I like it that way um, because I want to create an environment where people don't feel overwhelmed. Like, like meaning like you walk into like a safe, cozy kind of container and we get to look each other in the eye and we get to be really honest and we get to talk about shit that matters. And it's like, we get to get down to the business. I always say to people, if you're not happy, you need to look at who you're not forgiving. And sometimes it's somebody else. Some, sometimes maybe it's somebody from your childhood, but so many times, you know, we haven't forgiven ourselves. And so I love this concept of creating a refuge, a place to retreat, a place of privacy and safety. Now in group retreat, which is what I do, you know, you're, you know, your privacy, like you can get your own hotel room, which is awesome, <laughs> but you will come together in the group to share and to connect. And I find so many people walk away from group retreats, having made at least one new friend. Um, and um, there's something very powerful to find spiritual fellowship. And that's why I do the, um, the Sunday spiritual, you guys, if, if you've been listening at all to this podcast, you've heard me talk about the Sunday spiritual that I just started doing. And the next one's coming up, you guys, on September 15th. So just, if you want to sign up to, it's free. The only thing it requires of you is to show up, to invest some time to get some skin in the game, right? Um, but the, the Sunday spiritual with, with me, um, September 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, you just go to um, karenkenny.com, K-E-N-N-E-Y, karenkenny.com backslash Sunday spiritual. And you can totally sign up for it. We already have like, I think 55 or 56 or something, whatever it is, people for September next week, which I'm really excited about. Um, so for those of you who can't come, physically come to um, um, a fearless flow retreat and get there in person, come hang out with me in person <laughs> and some other amazing sisters and occasionally brothers. Um, then you can also join just as any spiritual because I've just really noticed you guys a really big need for this. And I think this is, yeah, so this podcast is probably going to be coming out on either the 11th or the 12th of September. And I want to talk about this a little bit too, because I think there's a huge need, a huge need to take a look at the fact. Now, some of you who are in my age range, I'm 50, about to turn 51. Uh, we were, we were adulting already when September 11th happened. 
Um, but there's a lot of you that were born uh, maybe right around that time. You were little kids or you weren't born yet. So you don't know the before, right? You may not have a big uh, kind of intellectual. And what I mean by that is you're, you're, you weren't old enough to understand the consequence and the impact. Um, you, you might be, you're definitely feeling it, but you may not even know like where it came from if you weren't born yet. But I can just say from personal experience um, that once 9-11 happened, once the attacks happened on September 11th, uh, back in 2001, it, um, it created a different world. And it was like, it was kind of like uh, America actually got gripped grip like somebody like like somebody gripped us by the throat it was like being gripped at the throat by fear and i really don't think collectively um the collective mind and the collective consciousness of this country has actually put its dukes down ever since i think when that happened it rattled people to the core i think it scared the shit out of pretty much everybody and I don't know if the, again, the collective kind of nervous system has returned from a state of, of uh, like has left, retreated from PTSD. And since then, I've just seen so much behavior that has shifted and changed and not for the better. Like the fear quotient, like I went through the roof, like, you know, at the, um, back in the day and maybe still at fairs, I don't really go to fairs much anymore, but or ever I should just be I don't go <laughs> I don't like to see livestock I don't like to see the animals in cages like I'm not into it uh all the dead animals on sticks you know what I'm saying <laughs> but here I'm not looking I'm not bagging on the fair if you like the fair go to the fair I'm not saying that but what I'm saying is remember at like fairs they would have like the strong man thing where you would pick up the big jackhammer and you would slam the thing and the thing would shoot up and bing, it would hit the bell so that thing was like ding 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 like when, when September 11th happened and I think that, um, like I said, this, this fear that resides in the DNA and the fear that resides in kind of the emotional and the intelligence and the spiritual kind of vibration of our country, it's never quite been the same. And so I really think of all kinds of things. I think therapy is great. I think faith traditions can be great. Yoga can be great. Self-care, body work, acupuncture, whatever your thing is, pausing, meditation, prayer, all these things, journaling, writing, talking, connecting, right? So going on retreat, I think, um, and I'm actually really happy that, I'm, that this is actually going to go out on the week of September 11th because I want to invite you guys to come. And look, I swear to God when I talk about this, you can check my history. Those of you who know me, I don't like sell, <laughs> I'm not really, I suck. I kind of suck. As Bill Barron said, I am an accidental entrepreneur. I shouldn't say I suck. That's not really great. I'm just not big into shoving my products and my programs down your throat every day. That's not interesting to me. It's not why I do this. But I would also be remiss. I would also be remiss to not let you guys know that these opportunities exist, that these experiences exist, that you can come on retreat. And we go to the Mountain View Grand Resort and Spa, which is in Whitefield, New Hampshire. It's in the, uh, the, the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And you guys, it's a beautiful old historic hotel. And I picked this room specifically. It's a room that I've taught in for the last six years uh, called the Presidential Ballroom. And it's got these amazing floor to ceiling windows and a huge stone fireplace. And there's so much good love and good energy in that room. And it's like a second home to me now. We get to invite people in 
And like I said, we get to get down to the business of being real and just stripping back these layers. And somebody was saying to me the other day, oh my God, I just feel like an onion that I have to keep peeling. And I'm like, yeah, because we're trying to get down to the truth of you which is to the memory that you are a child of God, that you are an extension of the divine, that you are holiness itself, that you are innocent and whole and complete. But we've been taught from this world how to live in a thought system of fear. We've forgotten to live and come from a place of love. So the fearless flow retreats allow us to do a lot of this stuff. And there's like, there is, there's engagement in the group, there's discussion, there's lecturing, there's movement, right? There's yoga, there's writing, there's all these different things. And let me just be very clear. It's not a yoga retreat. A lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to go and do yoga the whole time. It's like, no, there will be yoga, there will be movement. And my friend, uh, one of my Thai yoga massage students who I taught, uh, Susie is actually going to come up and she's going to offer some Thai yoga massage sessions for those of you that want to, you know, sign. I mean, you get a payer because come on, you, who doesn't want to, <laughs> you know, support somebody who's doing that kind of healing out in the world, but it's going to be fantastic. And my sweetie will be there for live music and yoga. And I would love for you guys to come and gift yourself the opportunity to just retreat into what you need so that you can step back into your life. And people sometimes, especially moms, will say, well, I feel so selfish leaving my family. I feel so selfish going away. And I used to say to my yoga students all the time who would feel guilty about going to yoga class, they're like, it's bedtime. I'm like, look, it's one night a week. You come to yoga, you go home a better wife, a better partner, a better lover, a better employee, a better mom. You take time out for yourself to retreat, to go inward, to connect, to align with the truth of yourself, to remember who you are, you will go back more enthusiastic, more invigorated, more aligned, more in focus. Do you know what I'm saying? So again, this is just an invitation from my heart to you to come spend some time uh, in November. It's, I guess I should tell you, November 8th through the 10th at the Mountain View Grand Resort and Spa, the Fearless Flow Retreat. You can find this on my website as well. Uh, just go to karenkenny.com backslash events, and you'll see the retreat right on there. A little three-day retreat uh, coming up by the end of the year. I would love to have you join us, you guys. And I really believe in this, and I really believe in the work, like I've said, I'm being redundant now, but of stepping out of your day-to-day -day life and stepping into what's possible when you're willing to let go of your old bullshit stories, when you're ready to transform your story to your glory. And I always say, like, even if it freaks you out, even if you're scared, if, if some part of this has piqued your curiosity, if it's speaking to your heart, just take the leap of faith. Please just take the leap of faith. And I guarantee you, you're gonna be in good hands. And uh, you will be welcome there, everybody is welcome. It's not snooty. It's not snobby. I don't work with assholes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so please, please, please come join us. And um, I want you to see this, this taking time for yourself to deepen your spiritual practice, to uh, get down to the core of what's been ailing you or what's been um, making you, what's been going on that you don't fully experience the joy of your life and the happiness of your life and the purpose of your life. There's so much importance and power of drawing back, of going within. And that's when you're gonna step back out into the world. You step back into your life uh, with so much more mojo and so much more excitement and really um, learning about you know, forgiveness. And you walk away with some really cool tools too. 
it's not like this thing where you just go away and like, oh, that was great. You're going to walk away with some really applicable tools so that you can start to live your life. And if you're somebody who's been curious about, you know, mentoring with me, doing my, my group coaching program or doing my one-to-one mentoring, this is a really fucking fun way to come and get a taste of what it's like to work with me, but like up close and personal. You know what I mean? Um, so um, I would love to have you join us. So I'm just going to stop there and say, hey, off is on the table. Take it or leave it. I won't take it personally, but I do hope some of you will see the importance and power of retreating. I know some of you listening have been on retreat yourselves, and I guarantee, hey, maybe you've gone to one. I'm not going to lie. I went to a retreat once at Kripalu, and I was in the room. Like I stayed for the first session, and I was like, this is bullshit. And I packed up and I literally drove right back home for hours. And like, hopefully that wouldn't happen at my retreat. Hopefully you'll come and stay. <laughs> but look, I, I think, you know, look, I always say I'm not for everybody, but for those I am for, you know it, like it will resonate with you. So I only like, I want you to come if some part of you, if your heart's racing with excitement or a little bit of fear, it's like, you know, like you, you're being called to come into, to learn how to step into the fearless flow and to start to live to try to live from that place of deep connection to your own source. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs> you guys know I don't usually do this. I don't usually do a big salesy thing, but I was just like, I want you guys to come. Like so many of you who heard me speak in April in Portsmouth at the summit um, came up to me and said, I really want to come to your retreat. So here it is. Um, and I always say, you get to put your money where your mouth is. You get to get some skin in the game and uh, make it happen. So I hope you do. I'll love you even if you don't, but I hope you do. All right, you guys, I see you. Uh, I celebrate you. I appreciate you so much, and I love you. Wherever you go out in the world, be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super-duper appreciate your time friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite part was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.